Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Talk about worship. We talk about your relationship with God. Um, last week, what, what ship did we talk about? Relationship. We talked about your relationship with your family. Tonight, we're talking, anybody know what, we're talking, what ship we're talking about tonight? Companionship. So we're talking about relationships between you and the opposite gender. So I want to start out with a question. I want to find my place in the Bible. Ah, real quick. Um, You can go ahead and find your place too. It's Matthew 22. That's kind of where we're jumping off each week. Um, But I want to ask you a question. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when when I say the phrase high school relationships? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Drama? I heard that like twice. Anybody want to give a plus one to drama? Something I haven't had yet. Okay, that was me all through high school. Um, <laughs> uh, anybody else? A break, uh, lots of breakups. Okay, anybody else? What's one word, Caitlin? Yeah, like serial daters. It's like serial killers, only they <laughs> they're immature. Okay, yeah. That, sometimes the maturity is lacking in the relationships. That doesn't just, that's not just high school, by the way. That continues through all of life a lot of times. Um, anybody else? Zigzag relationships. Oh, yeah. And if you go to a private school, I mean, everybody's dated everybody at least twice. Like, <laughs> cheating. Okay. Anybody else? Like, one word that would describe, like, the majority of high school relationships. Pointless. Ooh. Premature. Okay. Too young. Is any. Uh huh. So it can, it could be, can be, waste of time. Anybody else? Not the, I mean, interesting, I think good answers. Does anybody have anything positive to say about relationships in high school? I'm kind of curious because I haven't heard anything. Character building experience. That's like what happens when you like, <laughs> that's what your parents tell you when they want you to feel better at yourself. Well, son, you'll build character because of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you learn. Yeah, you definitely learn, right? First love experience, a hard lesson, memories, memories slash nightmares maybe, I don't know. Oh, doing it because everybody else does, you kind of feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. These are some interesting answers. Um, I, you know me, I'm a research guy, I like to research everything. Um, I like to fact check things, um, so I'm still, I've been fact checking the debate from Monday night, and I don't think anybody told the truth at all <laughs> during the debate, but um, I, I, I fact-checked high school relationship statistics, um, and there were two that I was really interested in, and one kind of, you know, neither of, like, one of them really surprised me, but um, bring up the next slide, Jake. I'm going to see what, I'm going to have you guys guess. What is the average duration of a high school dating relationship? We have a week, we have a month. Three months? What? No, what'd you say? Three months? Six months? Three days? 
a month and five thirteenths, one to two months, two to three months. David was the closest so far. I'm going to call David Dr. Drew. He's the relationship expert. Um, he said six months. He's really close, but he's not right there. Five months. Yeah, the average um, high school relationship is five months. Of course, you know, that's an average, so it means, you know, some people, you know, they go a year, a couple of years. They're like that you know, couple that's been together since they were in kindergarten. And then there's those that like that, like they don't have a relationship that lasts more than a week. You all have a friend like that? Nobody have a friend like that? Anybody that friend? <laughs> um, so, so. More or less, five months, a half a year is the average high school relationship. Bring up the next slide. Don't bring up the result. Just bring up the, you know what I mean, Jake? There we go. Okay. Um, anybody want to guess this? How, what percent of people marry someone they dated in high school? I thought this one was interesting. 35. Kate says 35. Molly says 5. 3. 2. Forty-five percent, eighty percent. Okay, just show of hands. How many of y'all think it's a high percentage? How many of y'all think it's a low percentage? Say low percentage. The so this is really interesting because here before I show you this, I want the statistic. I want you to think about all the power couples in your school. You know, like people have been together forever, or the most like you know, yeah, all these like superstar relationships. The percent of people who will marry someone they dated in high school, 2%. Isn't that crazy? So, so for every 100 high school relationships, two are going to make it to marriage. For every 50 relationships in high school, one of them's going to result in marriage. So, um, yeah, I heard, I heard Victoria say two. Uh, so she was, she was right on. So it's really interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at this, that most of them last about five months, that most of, you know, that two, only, two, only two percent, so pretty much statistically, you're probably more likely to, like, I don't know, get struck in the head by a bald eagle. Um, yeah, so they last about five months. No more than two percent of these relationships will end up in marriage. So we would think, and then you co compile that and, and add that to everything that you've said about <laughs> relationships, which is mostly negative, we would think that on the, on the list of priorities and the things that were important in the life of a teenager, you would think that would be almost at the bottom of the list. If you just looked at what we talked about, I, I would think, you know, you would think it would be we don't have a whole lot necessarily good to say about what we see going around with dating. Um, but yet, for, for whatever reason, that's something that's very important in our lives. And yeah, you may not have a great view of dating, but here's what we always do. And here's what I used to think this was only like teenagers were only like this, but then I was no longer a teenager. And I realized I'm still like this. You never think that you're going to be one of the statistics. Guys, when you get a car, you learn how to drive fast, and you, you know, they, you, your parents have scared you to death about um, driving fatalities, and you've taken the steer clear program at, um, at, a, at State Farm. Anybody taken that one? It's the biggest waste of time, but it saves you money on your insurance. So you hear, you, 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 it's this video, literally, to save money on your insurance, you have to watch it, and they show you all these people that get in crashes. You know, to scare you not to drive fast. But you know what every guy does, it seems like, when they get their car? 
they drive fast because they're like, that's everybody else. All those guys don't know how to drive. But me, I'm a good American boy. I know how to operate my motor vehicle safely at a, at a fast speed. But we always think we're not, we're above the statistics. And I think that comes to, one, to, to relationships and dating too because we always think, well, everybody else's relationships are terrible, but mine is going to be good. You know, and, um, and we all feel like we need somebody, and we need somebody right now. So there's this pressure. There's this pressure. But what happens is, go to the next slide, Jake. Uh, what happens is there are <laughs> companionship wrecks. <laughs> because m- maybe you have seen this happen in the life of your friend. <laughs> Not this. <laughs> Unless your friend's name was Jack or Rose. Um, but, um, <laughs> well, you, never mind. Um, but, you know. You, you may have seen some of these relationship wrecks play out in your circle of friends. You've seen them play out in your life. But relationships are so serious because of what the potential. You know, there's some great things that can come out of a relationship. You know, you exist today because of a relationship, right? So, so I don't want you to, I don't want to just like scare you into like, you, know, you see somebody from the opposite gender coming at you, and you, like, bolt in the other direction. Like, <laughs> I don't want to scare you, but, but we should understand the importance. Think about some of the shipwrecks. Um, so I wrote down a couple, like, a couple shipwrecks, a couple icebergs, if you will, that your Titanic could hit uh, if, you were, if, if you're dating. Um, and, and the first one, the first one is um, destroyed friendships. How many of you know somebody, or you are somebody, who has... Um, yeah, you had your biffle, you know, you had that best friend, you, and, 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 and a girl entered the situation, or a guy entered the situation, and all of a sudden, that close friendship you had was destroyed. You know, it's really interesting, because the average relationship, right, lasts how long? You remember? Five months? So, you know, there are times when a lifelong friendship is sacrificed at the altar of a five-month relationship that has a 2% chance of being a lifelong relationship. So, so and, and maybe you've, like, you've lost a friend to that, or you, you have a friend that lost a friend to that, or you, know, you made a really bad mistake, and you, know, you chose a girl over a guy. You know, my friend, um, my best friend and I, we kind of had this agreement in high school and in college. We like, started, like, I don't want to say getting serious. That sounds like we, we were, we, were we, we, we yeah, asked each other to be biffles um, in ninth grade. And it's okay for guys to do that, by the way. And, and we, made, we, had this, we had this pledge that we would, and, until you know, it was time for us to get married, we would never let a girl destroy our relationship. So we had a saying, it goes, bros before girls. Um, that's the podcast version. Yeah, it, 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 we had the saying, so we would, you know, and I, I never really dated, by the way, but my friend, he, he was like Mr. Always in a Relationship. Um, and he had like some really nice girls and some really crazy girls, but he, um, but but he, he and I, we, were always, we always, like, stayed friends, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, but you've seen, you've probably seen it. Relationships destroy friendships. Um, the next thing, um, and this is kind of like one of those, it's like, it happens. Teen pregnancy. Yeah, it's always interesting when I walk by. Like, at Huntington, it's like, you don't walk by it, but at Midland, you, like, like walk right by the nursery, you know, and... and it happens, right? That is, an, that is a big iceberg as far as teenage relationships. You, 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 they, they get too physical. You elevate that over what you know is right, and, and, and one thing leads to another, and 
it's never a terrible thing. You know, I'm always happy when a baby's born because it's a future. That baby, was, that, that little boy, that little girl's life was ordained by God. But that definitely changes the life of the mom, right? And sometimes the dad. And you know what the saddest part about that is? That statistic, teen pregnancy statistic, leads to the next, and I'd say even more sad statistic, is that teens ages 15 through 18 are 50 times more likely to have an abortion if they're pregnant. Have you ever had to go to, you ever had to, go to the school office and get like a Tylenol? And you have to like provide like, you know, your, your, your raised sealed birth certificate, and the, you know, the, the egg of a bald eagle, and, you know, <laughs> and five forms of identification to get like a Tylenol. But yet, if, if you want to have an abortion, they can take you to an abortion clinic to get an abortion done without even notifying your parents. So when I'm talking about icebergs, there are some that are really serious icebergs, and that's one of them. Um, another one um, is uh, broken hearts. Guys, we never act like our hearts are broken, um, but it happens. Um, you've had somebody, girls or guys, you've had somebody like lead you on. Isn't that the worst feeling when somebody like leads you on and you think they're interested and maybe they were kind of interested, but they weren't just interested in you. Like they had like five or six options and they were watching them all play out and, you know, you, you didn't quite make it off the, <laughs> you didn't quite make it off the chopping block. You know, so you were like, you already had it all planned, like the next five years of your life planned out with this person, you know, because we kind of do that. We think ahead and all of a sudden, bam. So you're, you, you deal with that like broken heart and that can, people, that can be tough. Like, that can be hard. And that leads to, that devastation leads to the number, and, and, and it, it alternates, the number one and the number two killers of teenagers in the United States. Anybody want to guess this year what the number one was? No, actually. At that, but, but that was number two. Suicide was number two. Number one? No, number one was um, car accidents. Every year, every year I look to see, and it, they, it's, they just change almost every year, teen suicide and car accidents. One of the leading killers of your generation is your generation. People that take their own lives. And if you look at the case studies and you look at the stories, almost three out of every four have to do with a guy who was devastated over the loss of a girl or a girl who was devastated over the loss of a guy. So when I say this stuff, I don't just say it to scare you and make you swear off dating. I, I just want you to understand that the, there are some serious, serious icebergs. Um, this one's not quite so serious, but your parents probably think it's really serious, is that you, your grades can suffer. Sometimes when you don't learn to prioritize your time, <laughs> you, you, maybe you've seen this happen before, you don't, you don't learn how to prioritize your time, so that guy or that girl takes up all your time, so you find yourself like sliding in classes. I mean, that happens. I mean, that can, that can be recovered from. Um, but another one, this is a big one, this will follow you through your life is relationship scars. You know, girls, if there's a guy who did not treat you right, you have a hard time trusting guys. So you automatically assume that because that guy didn't treat you the way a guy should treat a lady, that every guy is going to do that. So you have a, moving forward, you have a hard, you actually have a hard time getting into a serious relationship. And, 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 and even if you get married, you have a hard time trusting the person, this guy's and girls, by the way, trusting the person that you're married to because that, that's just not what you're used to. Um, and uh, the final one, Maybe you've experienced this one. It's family tension. You know, you're dating a guy your dad don't like. And your dad has told you in many creative ways. And, um, 
and it goes beyond the whole joking about dad's cleaning their gun thing, but he, you know, there, there is serious tension about the guy you're dating, and your mom or your dad is telling you, you've got to break up with him. You are not allowed to spend time with him, but you sneak texts on your phone, and, and you spend every, every moment together at school, and even though you're not technically dating that guy, you're dating that guy, or you're dating that girl, and your parents know it, but there's really not, you know, there, there's not much they can do about it because you go to school with them, so there's tension at your house. So I don't, like I said, I'm not trying to scare you away from that. I mean, dating is a good thing. Guys and girls were meant to, were meant to fall in love, get married, and be fruitful. Uh, that's just, that's what God said in Genesis. So, so it's, it's not a bad thing, but what I want you to understand is the way that we see it played out in, in the world right now, in your high schools right now, is not necessarily the healthiest way to do it. I think we've all kind of agreed with that just by what we said about relationships. So what I want to do is I want to look at God's way to do it. Because if we love God, we're going to do it his way. And here's the interesting thing about when we love God and we do it his way and we do it for the right motives, is that God didn't just write arbitrary rules just to make our lives miserable and make our dating lives miserable. He actually, he actually gave, us a, he gave us his word, he gave us his truth, so that when we follow it, it brings life to our bodies, and it brings life to our souls. So following this is, is, is not, it's not a set of rules that's going to, like, take away your joy. It's, it's following. This is going to give you joy because you're going to be in not just dating relationships, but friendships, relationships with your parents that are going to be joyful. So what I want to do is I want to look at our theme verse. It's Matthew. I'm skipping around a lot, Jake, but Matthew 22, uh, 34 through 40. This is, this is the way we're approaching all of our relationships. In, in, in Matthew 22, 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Uh, we're going to look at the law and the prophets. We're going to look at the word of God and what it has to say, but remember that we have to filter it all through we obey God's word because we love him, and we obey God's word because we know that obeying God's word is the right way to be in a relationship with other people, not just the people we date, but you know, that, we can, that as we're dating, we can be in a right relationship with our parents and a right relationship with our friends. So <laughs> what we're going to do is, I've, I, I think I've done this before, but I'm resurrecting it and I'm bringing it back. It's the dump or date flow chart. The dump or date flow chart. Have you ever seen like one of those government flow charts? It's like, it asks you a question. It's like, yes, and it makes you go this way. No, it makes you go this way. You ever seen like one of those flow charts where you're going to see one tonight? So we're going to go through a couple things. And, you know, and, and depending on, and these are not just things that I've come up with. These are, th- th- this is the Bible. <laughs> we're going to have Bible verses that, that, that speak to our lives about this. So, so if, if, if your relationship doesn't agree with the Bible, I'm going to send you to live with Oscar in the trash can, um, and, and if we make it through and we, and we realize that we are still loving God in the process of being in the relationship, um, I would suggest to you that you, 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 can, you can date. <laughs> um, so, so we're going to get to the first one. Uh, we're going to get the first one. This is like the big one. So you can go to the next slide, Jake. First one is, is he or she, because this could be the person you're going out with or the person you want to go out with. Yeah, the person you're, you're like, just like pitter-patter, butterflies, you know shooting out of your stomach, you know, it's, it could be one of those things, but um, is he or she a Christian? Why, why do I ask you that? Well, 2 Corinthians speaks to that. Um, it says, do, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship 
can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? I think you guys should be missionaries wherever you go. You should be missionaries, and you should be winning people to Christ. But one of the worst times to be a missionary is in your dating relationships. <laughs> and uh, you, you may chuckle, but, but sometimes we approach relationships like this, especially if you're like me. Like, this is what, this is, I, I mean, I, I don't struggle with this as far as relationships go, but I struggle with this just personally. I'm a fixer. Like, I love to, like, if, if I see Ryan, if Ryan's having a problem, I want to get in his life. And fix it. You know, tell me what I can do to fix your problem. What do you need? I'll go get it, you know. What do you need, Ryan? So I want to fix people's problems. So sometimes we see somebody who's struggling, and because we're a fixer, if you're a fixer like me, you want to, you, you, they're struggling spiritually. They don't know who they are in Christ. They're not a believer. We want to be like, hey, I'm going to get in your life. But the only way you can get in their life and get them to come to church or get them to read the Bible with you is to date them. And you're like, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> You know, why are we only willing to do that with people we're physically attracted to, you know? But I'll take one for the team. I'll go out with him or I'll go out with her, and maybe I'll rub off on him. I'll rub off on her, and she'll come to know Jesus. Can I tell you that nine times out of ten, it's, it's the reverse. You don't become the mission. You're not the missionary. You become the one who's evangelized by the unbeliever. Corinthians 6 says, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever. Who does the believer have living inside him or her? Christ. The Holy Spirit, right? So Romans 8 tells us that we are supposed to walk in the... We're supposed to walk in the... Not the yellow brick road. We're supposed to walk in the... No. We're supposed to walk in the... Oh, Avery, the spirits. Thank you. Uh, we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. How do we walk in the Spirit? It's when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, He sends His Holy Spirit to live inside us, and we can walk in the Spirit. That unbeliever that you want to date, he's living in the flesh. She's living in the flesh. She will not walk alongside you. She's not taking the path you're taking. And if you try to take the path he or she is taking, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be 50 shades of miserable. You are, because, because every step you take, in the flesh, the Holy Spirit inside you is going to be beating you up like a punching bag. And you're going to experience so much conviction that you're going to be so miserable in that relationship. And you're going to be led away from God in that relationship. So, is he or she a Christian? No. You can hit the next slide, Jake. No. They go in with Oscar. Dump. Yes. We can proceed to the next question. <laughs> um, the next question um, is parents. Do your, what do your parents have to say about he or she? Do they know about he, about him or her? Or is that like, you're like, if I tell my mom, if I'm going to tell my dad, if they meet her, you know, the proverbial stuff is going to hit the fan. I mean, it's going it's to be bad because I, I know it's a wrong relationship. Mom and dad, they're really smart. They're going to know it's a wrong relationship, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Or your parents have told you not to date that person you're still dating. This is, this is an easy one. I mean, this is like an open and shut case. We learned about it last week. Ephesians 6.1, what does it say? You guys try to erase that verse from your mind, but I keep bringing it back to you, right? What does it say? Children, obey your parents, and the Lord this is the right thing to do. That's what it says. 
So this is kind of an open and shut case, but before I move to the next one, even though it's an open and shut case, can I tell you, your parents know more than you give them credit for. You know, just the fact that you're here means they know how to navigate relationships. Your parents, your parents have lived for 30, 40, some 50 years, and, and they understand relationships, and they can see things that you don't. Yeah. When we're younger, we have blinders on, and, and there are blind spots that we don't see that our parents see, and we hate to admit it. But I can, can, I, can I just ask you, in this situation, will you give your parents some trust? Because they kind of know what they're talking about. So what do your parents say? Do your parents say no? Send them to the trash. <laughs> don't tell them they're trash, but send them to the trash. <laughs> Dump them. Send them to the trash. Um, yes, we move to the next one. The next question is, um, are you compromising yourself physically because of this relationship, or are you being pressured to compromise yourself physically for this relationship? What does the Bible have to say about that? We, we kind of, this is, this, is, this is what we think the Bible says. Don't have sex before marriage, and it's actually, the Bible does tell us that, but it, it says more than just that. It says more than just that. What does it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6? And by the way, the, the church in Corinth that Paul wrote this letter to, they struggled with immorality. Like it was rampant. Just like it probably is at some of your schools. What, is, what, what does God tell the Corinthians? He says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? who you've received from God, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I mean, there, I, we could break this passage down. There's so much to learn about it, but your body is God's, and, 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 and the gift of your body that you give to your spouses is, is God's gift that you give to them. But the, the, I want to focus on the first word in this passage. It's, if you didn't get to turn there, it's 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Um, and, and this is a word you may want to circle because this is not what Americans do. It says flee from sexual immorality. You know what we do? And we think God's okay with it? We try to get as close as we can to sexual immorality without actually committing the act, without actually being part of it. We ask the question like, how far is too far? Like, what is immorality anyway. And we try to get technical about it. We try to say, well, we didn't go like that far. We didn't go all the way. So it's not really bad. What does the Bible say? Does it say get as close to you can but not commit sexual immorality? It says flee. It says turn the other direction. Think about um, when Joseph was being seduced by Potiphar's wife and he knew it was an immoral relationship because she had a husband. And she was wanting to cheat on her husband with him. And what, what did he do? Did he, was he polite and say, no, thank you? you know, he ran away. He left his coat in the room. Flee from sexual immorality. So, so, so first off, are you compromising yourself physically? If you are, that is a, not a God-honoring relationship, and you need to end that relationship tonight. Are you being pressured to? What does the Bible say? It says, flee sexual immorality. The longer you spend with that person who's trying to get you to compromise, the harder and harder it's going to be each time to say no. So, 
Are they, are, they, are they trying to get you to compromise? Are you compromising yourself physically? Yes? You better take out the trash tonight. No? Let's move to the next one. Let's move to the next one. Are you still growing in Christ and loving your church family? What's really interesting to me to see, and, and you, know, you know I love you guys, um, whether you're here at church every week or, or whether you miss, you know, you know I come get you, you know, you know we'll find you, but, but you, you know I love you, and, and my goal is not just to get you to attend church. My goal is for you to love Jesus and serve him. But isn't it interesting that sometimes we start dating a guy or start dating a girl, and church is no longer high on the priority list. God is no longer high on the priority list. What does that say about the direction that relationship's going? We're getting kind of short on time, so I wish I could talk a little more about this. But what does the 1 Corinthians 12, 27 say? It says, now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Damon, what if I just came over here and just sawed off your big toe? You're like, it's okay, I got another one. They'd be walking like this, wouldn't he? Some of you, you unplug from the body of Christ, and you think it's not going to affect anybody but yourself. But guess what? You unplug yourself from us. You unplug yourself from the body of Christ for a guy or for a girl, and you know what we're doing? We're like, hey, we could really use you. It'd be great if you came back. You know, <laughs> we're limping here. We lost our big toe. You don't think you're important. You're important. You're important. Um, so are they pulling you away from Christ and his church? If they are, it's time to take out the trash. If they're not, let's keep moving. And this is the one we got to be very careful about because I want you to understand, what do your friends say? What do your friends say? Now, it's not like you have that one negative friend who, like, they don't like that guy for a really ridiculous reason. They're just being, they're just being mean, you know. But what does Proverbs say about that? It says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. If you shut everybody out who speaks into your life, you're going to make some really bad decisions. And that has to do with dating, too. I like this one. It says in Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Have you ever had that situation? You've been in there where your, your trusted friends, your good friends are like, don't go out with that guy. Don't go out with that girl. She, she's not going to be good for you. She's going to make you do things you're not supposed to do. She's going to take you places you're not supposed to be. And it hurts when they say that because they're like questioning your judgment, right? And meanwhile, this guy's over here like, what's up, baby? Why don't you come with me? See, I'm not a, I'm not, <laughs> I got no game. I'm not a player, okay? I just got lucky and landed April and there we go. Um, but, but, you know, so, the, fr- the wounds of a friend are faithful, but we don't like it because they hurt. We'd much rather go out with that guy that's saying everything we want to hear just so he can get what he wants. So what, what do your friends have to say? What are your, what, do your friends say no? Your friends say no, and they're trusted friends, and they're saying no for the right reasons, and you can be real? Send them to the trash heap. Yes? Let's go to the next one. Here's, this one is really, 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 really interesting, I think. How do they treat they? Yeah the person you want to date or are dating, how do they treat your parent, their parents? Girls, I want you to really think about the way that guy treats his mom. The way that guy treats his mom is the way that he's going to treat you. If he respects his mom and he respects the women in his life, he will respect you. Guys, you should look at the way she treats her dad. Because the way she treats her dad and she treats the men in her life is the way she's going to treat you. 
That's the way she's going to treat you. What does the Bible say about that? It says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, so it may go well with you. You may enjoy a long life on the earth. If, they, if, if they're failing in their relationship with their parents, guess where the, their relationship with you is headed? The same place. You just got to give it some time. It's going to happen. So do they treat their parents in the right way? Do they honor them? Yes. You can move on. No. We're going to the trash. And this is the final one. Do you have the right priorities? Has your dating relationship taken a spot that, it is, that is ungodly? Matthew 6.33, Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus says, he, he, he makes a promise. Do you see that? He says, if you seek me first, I will bless all these other things in your life and make them right if you love me, keep my commandments. I remember, I mean, when I was in high school, I'd, I'd never dated. I don't even think I dated in college. And, I mean, I was only halfway, I wasn't, I mean, I was always interested in girls, of course, but I wasn't like always like, you know, I just wasn't eager to get in a relationship, but I wondered, I was like, you know, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to have a relationship? Follow God and let him take care of the rest. So, right priorities? Are you serving God first? Nothing is getting in between your relationship with God? Then, I would say only then can you consider that. So I just want you to evaluate. Where are you in this process with the person you're dating and the person you want to date? Is this new? Have, we, have, have you not thought about this? Or have you thought about it and like thrown it out of your mind because you're like, I don't want to think about it because I know what's wrong. I just don't want to act on it. Um, we're running out of time. And somebody literally ate my object lesson. I found the evidence in the entryway here. Um, I was going to do an object lesson with jelly beans that some of you have experienced before. Um, but they were the Harry Potter jelly beans. So some poor kid ate a bunch of vomit jelly beans. Uh, <laughs> so joke's on him. But um, here, here are two things I want you to think about. Um, here are two things I want you to think about. The first is evaluate your relationship status. If you're dating, evaluate that relationship. Look at it in the mirror of God's word. The second, and, and if you're not dating, if you're not dating, evaluate your motives and evaluate the people that you are pursuing. The second thing is, if you're not in a relationship that is honoring God, and I'll tell you this, the longer you stay in one of those relationships, the harder it is to get out, the harder it is to end. Make tonight the night you take the first step getting back to where you need to be in your life because you know you need to. So let's pray, and, and we'll get out of here and go downstairs for tag. Uh, Father, thank you that, that you give us an instruction manual. We don't have to wonder what you want from us. We don't have to wonder what the best way to live is, to please you and to love you and to follow you and submit to you and, and in turn receive the joy of the Lord. But sometimes the decisions are not easy, so I pray that you will give us courage and give these teenagers these high school students, courage to make the decisions that are right in your eyes that will honor you and will lead them into a lifetime of loving you and obeying you and serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.